He's in Bali. I'm in Canada, but um, we're both there right now um, doing today's episode, which is Awakened Parenting, Bringing New Life into the World as a Spiritual Person. And um, today we have a special guest. Her name is Twyla Twalis. She is a writer, a fellow Awakened Starseed, and a new spiritual mom to her son, Bodhi. And we're just waiting for her to come on the show momentarily. But I thought it would be an interesting topic for today because it is very interesting being um, spiritually awakened, living in this world, and um, just dealing with the certain challenges that come with that, um, being sensitive to energies and stuff like that. And then to bring new life into this world from that perspective, um, I'm just very interested to see how someone would deal with that. I know I haven't been through that experience yet, and... uh, I know Michael hasn't uh, had kids of his own, but um, we've both had pets. Um, but I know it's a different, a uh, little bit of a different experience than that. Um, yeah, how's it going today, Michael? Yes, it's going not too bad, thanks. Uh, it's uh, 11 o'clock at night uh, in Bali here, so um, just trying to get a little sleepy, but um, definitely get you know quite enthusiastic whenever we. Uh, on the show, it's uh, something I always look forward to. So, sounds like uh, we're going to have a, a really interesting topic to, um, and also an important one to talk about tonight. Yeah, for sure. And um, while we wait for Twyla to get on air with us, um, maybe you could just share a little bit about um, fostering life in terms of uh, raising pets, because I know I'm doing that myself too for the first time right now and um yeah it's just an interesting time um raising my new dog so if you could just uh speak a little bit about uh your pet right um yeah definitely a pet lover um really love cats and uh um and dogs and um grew up on on an acreage and we had horses and um um, used to love ride our, our first horse that we had and and yeah and um, you know living out in the country and uh, getting out and fishing and being with the birds and and you know even finding a little bird that needs some help and um, uh, doing hands-on healing which I didn't know I was doing at that time being quite young but um, I instinctively knew that using the palms of the hands around a small bird could help the bird come back to, um, you know, a stronger state of being and eventually fly from my hands. So, um, you know, little do we know that we actually are healing with energy. Um, uh, a lot of our environment, a lot of the uh, beings that are around, um, you know, in our environment. But anyways, um, love animals a lot, rescued a lot of kitty cats. Uh, um, the place I used to live in, in Spruce Grove in Alberta, Canada, um, me and my good friend, um, we would, you know, all the kitty cats we had were rescued either from the SPCA or, um, you know, a shelter, or we found one, um, one little one month old kitty cat that caught in a fishing net in somebody else's yard. And, uh, my, uh, friend at the time, uh, heard this little kitty meowing and, 
so you know we we learned how to do all the necessary things that would help nurture and nurse them to being a healthy state of being and and grow strongly and and uh you know ended up being beautiful companions to be with which which um yeah for me i just love cats i'll go to a shelter and and they'll climb all over me and and you know rub their heads on the side of my face and sit on my shoulder and and um so I found someone in the country, you know, I'd run across the road and I'd get outside and call them and they would live in my truck for a few days before I could find a home. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, there's a lot of us out there that really care about our our companions, our pets, our, um, our dogs, our cats, uh, birds, and, and it's really cool. And um, I know for me, I, I I'll take that extra step to make sure that they're well taken care of, um, that they're sheltered, that they're fed properly, and, and research, you know, food or natural remedies that can help them out, and if necessary, take them to, uh, you know, to the vet or wherever needs to be to help them with whatever situation they're in. That's about. I think that's about it. There's that. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad you mentioned some of the natural. Uh remedies and stuff when you're trying to take care of different uh, lives, whether it's our own species or different ones. And it's just amazing um, how we connect with so many different species. Uh, And speaking of connection, I'm just going to connect with Twyla. I see she's on right now. Uh, Twyla, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. Can you hear me? (laughs) Yes, we can. Yeah. Thank you for coming on the episode today. Perfect. Oh, yeah, no, great. Um, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to chat with you guys on your show. Yeah, Hi, and welcome sure. to the show. And and just so I make sure I say your name correctly, can you say for your name again for me? Twyla. 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 Yeah. Welcome aboard. It's, it's great to have you with us. You're you're our number one guest, so this is a, <laughs> a, a, a time of celebration for us. Oh, thank <laughs> you so much. Yeah, I know um, I'm... I'm really excited to to answer the questions you guys have about being a spiritual parent. Love your write-up. Very excited to be here. Oh, thank you again for coming on. Um, it's been a while since we've seen each other. I know uh, we were working together last winter, but it's been quite a while. I know you've um, obviously started a family since then, and uh, your son's name is Bodhi. Yeah. Um, that's a beautiful, unique name. I was just wondering if you had any uh, specific meaning behind that name, um, and if you don't mind sharing that. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. So Bodhi means um, to be, like, awakened, right? Um, it's mm-hmm. a Sanskrit word, um, and it's uh, I'm, I'm really into chakra meditations and guided, I used to actually do guided meditations back in Winnipeg. That's where I'm from. And uh, I used to be very involved in the spiritual community there. Um, however, I found that, you know, I also wanted to live my life um, in the 3D world. <laughs> and uh, my, my partner, sorry about that. My little guy is just whining a little bit. So I'm going to grab him. Uh, my partner is an iron worker and a construction worker. And mm-hmm. he and I, when we met, we climbed a mountain called Yamnaska. This was about eight years ago now. And Yamnaska means wall of stone. So Bodhi's full name is Bodhi Yamnaska. So he's the awakened wall of stone. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we, we, we um, thought about names for, for months and months and months. And then when we decided on Bodhi's name, we kept it a secret. Um, uh, and he is definitely our little awakening wall of stone. Um, interestingly enough, I don't know if you know much about newborns, but in about the first month or so, they don't really have too many emotions except for, you know, I don't even know if you can call when they wake up and they're hungry and emotion. They're mostly just operating on um, automatic. Like they wake up, they cry. That's them letting you know, I'm hungry. Or if, if they're not hungry, they're wet but there's not a heck of a lot of emotion going on there. So now he's about a month and a week old 
and he's finally starting to smile and have emotions. So it's kind of funny because he is kind of our little awakening stonewall. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah, it's funny that they don't have emotions and he's really living up to the name Stonewall before he has any of those emotions. But yeah, um, he just kind of looks at you and just kind of just looks at you. <laughs> he doesn't have a feeling <laughs> about it one way or the other. He's just like, what's up? Uh-huh. <laughs> do you sense a sense of purity in that though when they are still kind of emotionless oh I love it yes exactly like that's that's the perfect way of putting it there's he's got no ulterior motives <laughs> you know no. He's just he's just hungry you know and that's it you can't really, like can't really get angry with him you know and um yeah, there's there's a beautiful sense of purity in, in this little person. I'm excited to get to know him as he matures, you know? Oh, totally. Um, yeah, that's amazing. Like, um, I know we're all of the belief that uh, we've all lived past lives and everyone has lived past lives throughout uh, the universe and even on this planet before. Um, I'm just wondering if you're extremely curious about Cody's past lives, because I would be as a new parent for sure. And I'm um, just curious if you believe that you have lived past lives along with him in the same soul family, but maybe in different roles in the past. Oh. I think we may have lost her, Michael. <laughs> yeah, I noticed it got quiet there. Uh, yeah, no, I don't see her number um, on the studio call-in number on the switchboard here, but um, let me just send her a quick message on my phone mm-hmm. here and we'll see if we can get her back on. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting name, Bodhi meaning awakened, hey? Right, yeah, for sure. Um I noticed that there's a lot of different names that, um, uh, you know, children that are being born today, uh, the parents are name them, name them, you know, quite differently than the standard Bill, Bob, Robert. Um, um, you know, it uh, it seems to be a lot more common where it's a name I almost haven't heard nowadays. And it's pretty cool. It's, um, you know, a reflection of the times of the journeys that we're in and, and, um, more to the awakened state of um, these environments and, and the spirituality um, that uh, the parents are definitely in and um, can definitely sense that their child is in. So I know being a music teacher, I've, I've uh, taught very many um, students, uh, many young kids, and, um, and many of them are incredibly awakened for their, for their age as compared to me when I was their age. So um, definitely a, times are changing and um, the second, third wave of uh, awakened beings are always coming in to help this place awaken more. Yeah, totally. It's it's cool. Just all the, this new wave, I guess, of a generation that, um, that is coming through with all these um, unique names and um, heightened perspectives because they've had parents who are more aware um, just going to bring Twyla back on. Can you hear us again, Twyla? Okay. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. Not sure what oh, yeah, no problem. Um, we tend to have technical difficulties on here, so it's probably not your fault at all. <laughs> glad that <laughs> we got technology. I know. Um, but yeah, I think I had left off by, uh, trying to ask you, um, if you believe that you've lived past lives with Bodhi um, as the same soul family, maybe just in different roles? Oh, absolutely. Um, I felt like I recognized him the second I saw him. Um, wow. I actually had a C-section with him, and that really threw me for a loop. I think I talked to you a little bit about it, and I was actually posting in my different, like, Abraham Vortex groups and stuff, and I was like, well, if I can manifest, like, great job and a great partner – and money and a car and I can manifest all this stuff. Why can't I manifest a baby that, um, you know, isn't sideways. <laughs> and so yeah. he was trans- he was transverse, um, which means he was sideways. His, his little head was on my right and his little legs were on my left and his little 
tummy and, and, and bum were in the birthing canal, which meant that um, there was a high chance that he would have not made it through um, a regular um, labor. Um, you know, his, his, uh, his umbilical cord may have come out first and we might not have both lost our lives. Um, so it was really scary. So they actually had to, um, schedule a C-section for me and I was just so distraught about it. And, um, when I saw him, um, after, you know, they put my, like almost my entire body to sleep (laughs) and I was Mm -hmm. awake for the whole procedure, um, they brought him to me and I looked at him and it was like, I'd never lived without him like it's like he's never not been here and well um yeah even with my partner too like we definitely have karma and with his family like his mother especially we have a really strong um bond it was like as soon as I met her I knew that I'd known her before and we've actually talked about (laughs) being a part of the same oversoul I don't know if you've ever heard of that term before for sure um, so it's like yeah. as though, you know, maybe Aphrodite would be our goddess or Kuan Yin or something. And then we're all little pieces of her because um, we're just so, so similar. It's, it's wild. I don't know if I've ever met anybody who is as similar as me. And she's a social worker. Um, she likes to meditate. She does yoga. She's uh, blonde hair, blue eyes. It's, it's pretty wild. Like I, Kyle told me, he said when I when when he met me, he's like, you'd really get along well with my mother. <laughs> and we're actually we're actually pretty close now. And she's so great with Bodhi. But yeah, Bodhi, um, definitely for sure. I I feel like I recognize him. And um, once again, I'm I'm really getting I'm really excited to get to know him as a person because I recognize that, you know, even though I'm the uh, gateway that he came through. <laughs> In a sense, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. That he's not mine. He doesn't belong to me. I'm just, I'm just here to take care of him until he can take care of himself. Yeah, that's a great perspective because I know a lot of parents try and um, see their children as their own property, which is kind of comical because we, I guess, the goal is always to um, create a self-sufficient being. And um, no, it's great that you have that belief of just wanting to equip him the best you can and allow him to live his own life eventually. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, we're already talking about uh, whether or not to homeschool him. I'm, of course, you know, I don't really want to have to put him in a big system that, you know, teaches him things that I don't know if are necessary. But the socialization aspect of putting him in school is probably the most important and then being sure to be there for him when he gets home at the end of the day. These are things that my partner and I are already talking about for sure. Just, you know, and, and then also like allowing him to decide too, you know, if at one point he says, I don't want to go to school, you know, depending on what age he is, (laughs) I will definitely uh, listen to that, you know? No, for sure. No, that's good because this is a very common topic I have with people who are spiritually awakened, whether they would like to immerse their child in the system at such a young age, um, where they do teach information that, in my opinion, is very redundant and needs a lot of uh, overhauling. So, yeah, it's it's interesting to weigh both sides because you do want them to be social beings, but um, I I kind of believe that there's ways around that. Um, like they can become social and not from being in school, but maybe being in sports or different, uh, uh, youth groups. Exactly. Um, so yeah, like you guys chose like, uh, like either side, I know you have quite a few years before then, but, um, <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on the one. side that I'd like to homeschool him and, and send him yeah. to certain, certain groups, but Kyle really feels that it would be important for him to go to the regular social system, socially structured schools. So my middle ground is fine. Then I want to move to a small town. (laughs) (laughs) That way I can get to know the teachers and the community. Um, I'm a journalist. So, um, and I've worked Mm -hmm. for rural newspapers and I feel that the smaller, the community, the more opportunity. And it just seems to be that way. The, the, the parents and the children seem to have a stronger bond. Um, the community seems to be more tight-knit. I mean, there is that um, uh, 
perspective that, you know, maybe people might be a little bit more nosy, but honestly, if you keep your nose clean, then what's the problem, right? Um, I don't, I don't really see the, the issue with, with people down the street knowing what I'm up to. I'm awesome. <laughs> and I think that having a small um, community would be really beneficial. You know, they say it takes a village. Well, what, what happens when you move a child into a city? And there's just so much going on, you know, there's so much um, drugs and gangs and all these, all these things that could seep into the life of our child without us really being aware of it. And that kind of, that kind of terrifies me a little bit, you know, but as you said, though, I mean, I can't make his decisions for him and I just have to have a strong belief that he will make the same decisions that I did. I myself actually moved away from a big city to move to a smaller city and then ended up in smaller towns to get away from that very stuff. So, yeah, I think. Yeah, no, that's very good. Um, Michael, would you agree having grown up in a small town was more beneficial for your growth as a child? Yeah, well, I think uh, I know, you know, we all as kids and our whole family just love the country and, and um, it was just something that you know, being so much of a love in our hearts that we manifested it um, just by normal operations of life. Uh, you know, it was something we all wanted. So, um, yeah, to me, having grown up in the city initially to a grade four or so, and then moving out to the country in grade five, um, it was just so good to get out in, in nature because I, I, me and Mother Earth are very, very close. And um, I integrate with her tree kingdoms and in the mineral kingdoms and and know know them really well and and um, I can stay out there for hours with them. So for me to get out there and just to be with uh, Mother Nature and be in such a, a beautiful area was um, really beneficial for me growing up. Uh, loved riding the school bus. Loved going fishing after you know getting home and um, and yeah, I agree. You know, like city. I mean, there's. There's good people everywhere, you know, and I think if we're living in a state of confidence or well-being and being centered, that really a lot of good things just come into our lives anyways. Um, I also have taught, um, as a music teacher, I've taught um, homeschool kids, and I do, the, the, the kids that I taught, very respectful, um, incredibly fast learners, um, their focus was just like right there and immediate. Um, mm. I really noticed that to be quite outstanding as compared to, you know, most kids coming from the commercial schools. Um, still beautiful people, but, um, I, you know, I, and it's everybody's opinion how, how they work through lives and how they bring their kids up through a commercial style school or, or homeschooling, but I really saw a difference in, in 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 someone being very very respectful as a young young student, but also being very focused, very knowledgeable, and and really applying everything I taught to them and, and doing very well. Um, yeah, so just something I noticed. Mm-hmm. No, I'm glad both of you brought this up um, because I think living in a smaller area, um, it, connects more. it connects you more to other people because there's not so many people to focus on that it overwhelms us. It connects us to nature more and it connects us to ourselves more because we're not consistently being overstimulated. And therefore, when we try and learn new skills, for example, like guitar, like you were saying, Michael, we can we have a better sense of focus on what we're doing and more focus on the present moment because we're not constantly being bombarded and switching our point of uh, focus all the time like we are in a city. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a fascinating topic. And, um, Twyla, that's a good strategy that you guys have to, uh, <laughs> if he's going to be in school, to move out to the country so it can be a smaller school. Um, mm-hmm. I know I, I grew up in the city, but I did have a smaller school um, from kindergarten to grade 9 that I was in, and I think that was the most beneficial thing for me. Um, we like all my friends I had in that small school are pretty much all still friends with me now 
um, which is very rare in a city. And I think um, the only reason that that happened is because we were able to have uh, less crowded classrooms and create stronger bonds rather than competing or trying to compare to too many people. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. Um, just also wanted to ask you, Twyla, are there any um, accomplishments or challenges that you had throughout your pregnancy and right now as a new mom? <laughs> well, I'd say the accomplishment was getting over the fact that I had to have a C-section. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, I, I was... Um, so I moved here um, just at the very beginning, like officially, like I moved to Calgary about mid-January. So I was already about one month pregnant. Um, and I had only found out at the end of January that I was that far along. Um, we had been trying. Um, Kyle and I are both in our mid-30s. Um, and though we're not married, we, we knew that we, want, we wanted to create a child together. So he, this little boy is very intentional. Um, and uh, so... Basically, uh, the, the hardest thing I think for me was just kind of dealing with the fact that I was in a new in a new city, uh, making new friends, and uh, getting back into my um, getting back into my career path, which was a journalist. I was a journalist back in Manitoba for three newspapers, um, multimedia journalist. So I drove around the interlake of Manitoba, taking photos and writing stories for three different newspapers, and out here. Um, in Alberta, I lucked out and got a job in northern Alberta. I didn't even have to move. I was able to work from home and work remotely and use the internet and my phone to tell the stories and hire local photographers. And everything just worked out so beautifully. Um, mm. But it was challenging being pregnant and having the emotions and having my body changing and um, you know not having the support network that I would have had it in, in, in Winnipeg and making new friends. Um, but you know, that being said, I also went on a, on a retreat on a sacred pregnancy retreat where I made lots of friends with, with other mothers. And so it's just been wow. a transition. It's, it's been a really beautiful transition and I'm very happy with my life now. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm a completely, I almost feel like a completely different version of myself than I was exactly a year ago. <laughs> That's amazing. It's so cool how these experiences grow us so much, um, and yeah, that retreat sounds really cool. Do you mind elaborating on what you guys did there? Oh sure. Um, yeah. So I've actually uh, I've actually recommended it to other girlfriends of mine who um, you know have found themselves or if not found but also got pregnant. Um, so another girlfriend of mine went, and I actually got to go to that one too, <laughs> uh, just briefly. Um, I've actually been mm-hmm. to all of the retreats since then. I've made friends with the with the people who run it. So basically, what they do is they wow. just gather. Pregnant women, um, we sit in a circle. Um, I'm not really sure how much I'm allowed to reveal, but basically we make connections, we share our stories, uh, we have different rituals. Um, and uh, as we're not supposed to post photos of the retreat online, I'm not really sure if I'm supposed to reveal the different kinds of rituals that we do, but basically it involves things like clearing space, um, making space, and sharing space. And, uh, you know, we, we tell kind of sometimes some people opened up very much and told some very deep dark secrets and other people a little bit more reserved um one thing that i feel that we i could probably share is we did something called eye gazing um which i found to be very intense i've only ever really done it in my spiritual community back in winnipeg with people i knew so it was very intense to do it with people that i didn't know (laughs) Um, and that's just basically where you um you look at the left eye, say, for example, one is the sender, one is the receiver, and you look into another person and you just smile and, and then you kind of shift and then they look at you. Um, and it's probably the best way to say, but both of your eyes are, you're both looking at each other, but one is kind of searching, I suppose, is the best way to put it. And then the other one is allowing you to search and they're receiving and then you kind of switch. It's a very interesting experience. And uh, the, the woman that I did the eye gazing with, we were sitting next to each other. We actually see each other the most now after the retreat. <laughs> she wow. actually ended up being the woman who was invited to the next retreat to be, um, they have a ritual, like a little ceremony for new mothers, where they basically, um, they welcome you into motherhood in front of everybody else at the, at the retreat. because And then you bring your baby. And, um, and then I was invited to be the one to bring, her baby, me, my baby, <laughs> to 
to the most recent mm-hmm. retreat. So they do them every every um, season. So I was I went to the spring one, and then I was invited to hold my friend's baby um, while she was welcomed into motherhood in front of the the retreat in the summer. And then I was invited to be the mother who was welcomed into motherhood. And I brought my friend Sarah, who was at the retreat in in the summer, <laughs> to the fall one. And now I'm going to go to the postpartum retreat in November. So we're all going to bring our babies and and get to hang out. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, nice to have a really... community like that, hey? Especially oh if virtual month. Oh, it really is so nice. I I I love my life right now. It's just. I couldn't imagine it anything getting any better. Uh, I love to hear that when people. Uh, sorry, go on, Michael. Yeah, that's awesome. No, I was just gonna say the same thing, Zach. That's awesome to hear. Um, to have that kind of support and those places to go, um, in such an important time in life. Um, oh. I'm sure that's uh, another reason that things are, are working so well for you. It was a really um, intentional decision. I I knew that I wanted to move to Calgary to shift my reality. And I knew that I wanted to have a child. Um, Kyle and I both discussed it last summer when we were dating long distance. And um, we pretty much started intentionally trying to conceive, I'd say, last November, um, and made an official that I was living in Calgary in January, and he came along right away. We are so lucky. There are so many people who don't, you know, who don't get that. I'm actually a Reiki practitioner and was seeing a client who was having a hard time conceiving with her partner, and they've been trying for over a year. So we're we're very blessed, very blessed. Yeah, that's awesome, you guys. If you don't mind me asking, you mentioned uh, long-distance relationships, so uh, does Kyle work quite a ways away, or do you guys not see each other for quite some time? No, no, no. I was living in Winnipeg, so mm-hmm. I was living in um, uh, Manitoba, and he lived in Calgary, and so it, it, I, um, we actually met about um, seven years before we decided to start dating. <laughs> And we've only officially been in a relationship for just over a year now. Our our anniversary was um, a week after Bodhi was born, <laughs> so it was uh, it was quite it was quite quick. Um, we knew that we wanted to be together, um, and uh, I actually um, had I actually had a calling um, back in 2011 uh, to climb the mountain, and I was a prairie girl living in Manitoba. I was actually a flight attendant. And uh, <laughs> can I tell this story, Zach? Is that all right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's 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 actually one of the cooler things that has happened to me spiritually. Um, I I was um, a flight attendant for a small airline. I was quite unhappy. I was not impressed with the community. I was feeling very overwhelmed by the lack of respect I felt that I was getting and um, I, so I was really diving into the spiritual um, realm doing a lot of meditation um, and just spending a lot of time alone and I had this message from my guides was like go climb the mountain and I and I was like well I don't know like where would I I would have to go quite far to climb a mountain <laughs> and they were like just do it and I was like all right so I um, I took some time off work and uh, I actually received um, $800 in a check from my car insurance company. They sent me money right around that time saying, you overpaid your insurance, your car insurance last year. So here's the reimbursement. And I was like, whoa. Wow. Perfect. So it was all paid for. Yeah. Um, I also play this alternative sport called bicycle polo. So I just decided to just, you know, go with the flow and start there and go to Saskatoon and then slowly make my way west. And as I, as I did that, I went to Saskatoon. I made friends with some people that lived in Calgary. They invited me to Calgary um, to stay with them because they knew that I wanted to continue going west. And um, it was those friends that actually introduced me to Kyle. So when I got out to Calgary, I was playing bicycle polo and crashing in someone's spare room. Um, 
and it was their very close friend who, who, who spotted me on the bike polo court, made eyes at me, and we both had this, like, fire in our eyes. Everyone that saw us afterwards, whenever they said, whenever we talked about each other, we had this, like, flash of fire in our eyes that we were kind of, like, <laughs> obviously in love, right? It was, like, one of those love at first sight kind of moments. And um, he found out that I wanted to climb a mountain. He's actually a rock climber. And uh, so he was serious. He would have taken me to rock climb. I've never rock climbed before. So we hiked up a mountain. (laughs) And uh, he actually meditated at the top of that mountain with me. Um, And then afterwards, I went back to Winnipeg. And we kept in touch over Facebook. And whenever he was single, I was single. Whenever he was in a relationship, I was in a relationship. And then both of us were single um, in February um, of, I guess last year and he just messaged me and was like why didn't you come to Calgary and he'd been asking me for years he said you know you should come to mm. Calgary you should come to Calgary you should come. and I, I, like, I always ever just thought of him as you know the, the Calgary guy the guy who I climbed the mountain with I never really considered it anything serious and then I realized that um, there were a lot of poems and songs that I had been writing about that some would include like if you want to climb the mountain why don't you set yourself up to and I was like hmm maybe there's a message here and that was Mount Yamnaska and then when we connected last year and the exact same thing happened I got money um I was you know uh, a karaoke host and I was also working for three newspapers and then all of a sudden I just had two thousand dollars fall into my lap (laughs) it was like hmm I guess I can afford to go to so I went and Hung out and we were on our first date and he looked at this little boy who was scooting along on a scooter and he looked at me and he goes I want one and I looked at him and I was like a scooter <laughs> he's like no 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 like I want a kid I want a little I want a little kid and I was like oh that's adorable and mm-hmm. I've never been on a date with anybody before who actually said you know they wanted kids and I was actually at a point in my life where I was like man I'm getting old I want a kid I might I was considering doing it on my own so it's something that we decided we would do so I went back to Winnipeg um, last summer um, he came to visit in at the end, at the beginning of September by mid-September we decided that, that this was it we we're doing this long distance thing and then um, by January I moved to Calgary to be with him so the long distance thing was quite short and I know that was quite a long <laughs> story but there it is <laughs> no thank no, you that's a great story thank, thank you yeah thank you that oh thank you um yeah like it's i love hearing how people fell in love and how they were divinely connected um because all of that like throughout that whole story there's divine synchronicities within that whole thing and now you guys have a baby together so it's just beautiful hearing how like this happy ending well not ending but uh this happy chapter um has been able to happen because of all the synchronicities um so yeah thanks again for sharing Mm-hmm. One of my favorite stories. Oh, yeah, what I like is <laughs> what I like in town is like you took a lot of you know you 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 took a leap of faith and you just um, decided to go and you know on your own and staying at a um, you know a place here and there and and just you know following your heart and getting to where you wanted to go and it's it's you know it's, it's really cool to hear that and look at all the beauty and joy you had come out of that. You know, I know a lot, a lot of people, a lot of us get the calling in, in their sorts of ways, and um, but just don't really follow that because it doesn't appear logical. You know, so you know, I'm, I'm really happy for you. That's really cool. Well, thank you. Yeah, it can mm-hmm. be quite um, overwhelming sometimes. Um, I actually had a calling about a year before that to go to New Mexico, and I couldn't follow it. <laughs> Um, I think that could have been a really amazing adventure. Mm-hmm. No, there's definitely something to be said about following intuition versus following logic. Um, I mean, intuition, I believe, is connected to our hearts, which is connected to our souls, and logic is just the conditioning that we've received through our brain. So I know our soul always wants what's best for us, and it's amazing to hear when you do follow your heart. Even though it might be a rocky journey, it still leads you to like the connection you're supposed to make and the the life you're meant to live that's in line with yeah. our, your spiritual journey. So, um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, just based off what you said about you two meditating on the top of that mountain on the first time that you uh, you hiked together, 
um, that gives me the impression that he's also spiritual as well. He he has the potential. Um, it's not his it's not his thing as much as it is mine, um, but mm-hmm. he will. Like I've hosted um, um, since in Lindsay Calgary, I've had like little gatherings, um, and uh, on the the winter solstice of last year, um, I had my friends Sarah and Mike and their friend uh, Dean and come over and. At, about, at midnight, I was like, are you guys interested in, in me doing, like, a releasing ceremony? And do you want to be a part of this? And, and Kyle was all about it and jumped right in there. And we held hands. And I, like, guided us through creating a vortex and then visualizing, placing everything in there that no longer serves us and sending it back to the universe like a big um, <laughs> like a big disc, like just sending a Frisbee back to the universe. And it was really fun. And we all went, and he he just looks super bright, but it's not a it's not a daily thing for him as much as it is for me. Like I wake up every day and I I converse with my guides and um, pretty often um, uh, tone my chakras and and stuff like that. And Kyle's more of the kind who likes to just do yoga and he'll do a meditation circle if other people are doing it. Um, but I could see him blossoming into it um, one day. But I don't like pushing people, you know. That's their choice, right? So. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. He's much oh, more cool. um, concrete than I am. He he he's currently renovating our house, um, so he spends a lot of time in meditation in that sense, <laughs> working mm-hmm. alone, right, right, doing doing that kind of work. And everything's meditation, right? So it doesn't necessarily have to fit in a certain box. So that's great that uh, he he also does that in his own way. Mm-hmm. We're very interested in um, one, like I'm, I've got one more week until I heal from my C-section and then I really want to take him to go um, to do acro yoga with like you balance on each other. Oh, that's it's cool, great, yeah. It's a great way to connect with a, with a partner and, um, you know, stay fit together and make a connection that's not sexual, you know? I mean, mm. it's, I mean, you can do that with friends, you know, brothers and sisters it doesn't have to be like romantic partners totally yeah yeah me and Oksana have done that too it's um yeah it's really cool for sure mm-hmm. it's so cool to watch too if you see multiple like um we were watching an acro yoga festival um instagram account and there was like this one thing it was like a human top and it's like one guy no I think it's like five people in the middle and then there's like more people standing on their shoulders and I can't remember how they do it, but eventually they just, they spin in a circle. And, uh, yeah, I'd have to wow. send it to you sometime, Jack. <laughs> and you can share it with my cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's per- pretty amazing where you can take yoga nowadays, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yoga is just kind of a fancy name for stretching. <laughs> <laughs> stretching and connecting, right? right? Stretching and connecting. And one thing that I've noticed as a guided meditation um, host is we like to move in circles. We like to work together. We create community. Um, and whenever I've introduced Oming to the to to my um, to my group, they've just they'll lose themselves in it, making those sounds with each other. It's amazing. So acro yoga is a really beautiful uh, way to also connect because we do, I believe we do, we create that connection and then we kind of live in a bit of a, especially in North America, we live in a bit of a stifled society where we think, oh no, if I'm touching this person's shoulder and I was sexual, right? So (laughs) acro yoga gives it this really neat, okay, well, I'm going to try to, I'm going to stand on your shoulders and then some of them get so so far as to do hand-to-hand handstands on each other and so the one person standing on their feet and the other person's like literally holding their hands and doing a handstand on them it's amazing Mm -hmm. that's that's just a beautiful thing you know working together like that Mm -hmm. for sure that's some like play type stuff (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's amazing um but yeah um thank you for sharing that I also wanted to ask you, like, since you and Kyle have an interesting spiritual dynamic, I guess, with him um, still dipping his toes kind of in the whole spirituality thing, but also on his own journey, which is great, um, and you being more involved, obviously, being as a Reiki practitioner and um, very involved for quite a few years, it sounds like, with spirituality, 
Um, given that dynamic, what do you think um, will be the values you both choose to instill in Bodhi and, and why? Oh, that's funny. I've already talked about uh, doing acro yoga with my child. <laughs> um, oh, I would love to meditate with him um, and teach him you know, how to tone his chakras and, and introduce him to that spirituality um, and see what he finds interesting. Um, and I think Kyle is more excited to show him how to, um, you know, work machinery, equipment, tools, that kind of stuff. Kyle's a builder, right? So, um, and what's funny mm. is we're both, we're both artists. We're both, uh, Kyle and I are both artists. We're both writers. We're both avid readers. Kyle um, has um, poetry, photography, and a painting hanging in his mother's house. Um, and I do too, in my mother's house. <laughs> well, my aunt's house, but yeah. Cool. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I think Bodhi has the potential to be a beautiful artist if he wants to. I'm a singer, um, you know, I'm an actor. I have lots of outlets to express myself. So I'm really excited to see which of our talents Bodhi decides are his calling. Mm-hmm. He's got a really big pool to pull from. <laughs> no kidding. Um, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Well, sorry, go on, Michael. Well, I'm just gonna say that's really cool to, you know, uh, as a child have parents like uh, with so many things in life that you're you're both doing. Um, that in itself is a um, you could say a motivator, you know, from from a child's perspective, even though a child wouldn't think of it as being motivation. It's just the fact that, you know, you're doing all that stuff. It's uh, exciting. It's exciting to move. When you're moving, you're moving energy. And you're moving energy is, is always a great feeling. So. Oh, sorry. Oh, he wants yeah, to chime in on the episode, too. Oh, pardon me? Bodhi wants to chime in on the episode too. Yeah, he does. Yeah, his little yeah. boy. <laughs> Cute. Yeah. Yeah, he's just like I said, he's just getting to the point where he's um he's still just making noises to let me know what's going on with him and doing his best to communicate. <laughs> 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 guess what he's doing right now? <laughs> My poor little Super guy. Cute, yeah. <laughs> so he's just waking up from a nap and he's just uh just letting me know that he wants to be held. He doesn't like to be alone. He's going through a certain fussy stage, which I feel very lucky. He's quite the textbook baby. We have this app called um, What to Expect, and he's hitting all of the milestones dead on. So wow, that's it's, awesome. It's pretty great. Right now he's just yeah, letting me know he's hungry. Mm-hmm. It's amazing having all this technology to help us now, hey? Oh, yeah. Kyle's mother has been so amazed with what we're capable of just looking up quick, quickly, you know, we've got online stuff and yeah. uh, we can just go and look online and be like, is this normal? And, you know, within seconds, okay. Yeah. You know, and yeah. Also, um, you know, just a big shout out to midwives. My goodness. What an amazing mm-hmm. um, uh, shift we've made in the medical industry. Um, you know, I have my midwife. I can call her any time of day. She has a pager. And she knows it's me, and then she'll just answer whatever questions I have. And she's just, it's been the most amazing support. And uh, I don't think that our parents' generation had that, you know? No, so right. It's been, it's been really, I feel really blessed. This pregnancy, aside from the C-section, me not wanting to have, I wanted to have a water birth. But other than that, everything else went beautifully. Even the C-section itself went beautifully. The, the, the staff is just amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome when we're flexible with the past, how we can still get to the same happy destination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I asked my spiritual community, um, you know, why do you think that I had a C-section? Uh, why do you think that is? And one of the parents came through and said, well, you know, maybe it was just for a time for you to learn that you won't be able to control him and control the situations and, and to just gracefully um, allow things to unfold the way that that Bodhi needs them to unfold. Um, and then I actually had a, mm-hmm. a chat with, with his higher self in meditation. And I said, you know, hello, baby. 
um, why don't you want to go head down? And he said to me that I've had past lives where I have not been able to be both spiritual and a parent. Um, and that um, my body was still holding on to that memory. And um, mm -hmm. wow, I can't believe I'm telling you this on this <laughs> show, but whatever. Yeah, so, um, yeah and, they, and uh, so he said he, want, he wanted me to be his mom. Um, and that he wanted me to live and he wanted to live too. And so that we had to have the C-section, otherwise we might not. So mm -hmm. I thought that was actually, I cried about that. I was like, wow, that was really deep. <laughs> yeah. So how did you go about yeah, connecting nice. with your self? Um, so a few years back, I had a quantum healing hypnotherapy experience where uh, basically um, a woman who is a hypnotherapist has, uh, showed me how to how to be hypnotized, um, put me in a deep trance-like state, and I experienced two past lives. Um, and more recently, I've been seeing a hypnotherapist here in Calgary, um, and she has taught me how to put myself into a trance. Um, so uh, this beautiful woman also helped run the uh, sacred pregnancy retreat that I um, was discussing with you, telling you about. And mm -hmm. uh, so they are called Seed Holistic Birth. And um, she, her name is Genesee. So she taught me how to put myself in a, in a trance-like state. So I did that. You just basically count backwards from 10. Um, it, it sounds harder than it really is. Um, but I'm also really good at getting myself into a meditative trance-like state. I've always been pretty close to my guides. And even at mm. one point, I was a tarot card reader in a, in a shop, and I was studying to be a medium. But I decided that wasn't right. really the path for me because I was just learning too much, and I didn't want to live that life. <laughs> I, wanted mm. to be, mm. I wanted to be a human and not have all of the messages always flowing through me. It became pretty intense. So, right. yeah. Right. It's yeah, just, no, you know, like if, if anybody wanted to be a psychic, it's pretty, it's a, it's a pretty big, tall order. <laughs> it's actually, it's not an mm. easy thing. <laughs> no. Scary in some mm. But you know, yeah. maybe that's yeah. what I wasn't expecting to be. Uh, you know, I don't think that I was as positive as I could be, and I think maybe now, if I were to go down that path, I think I'd do it better. <laughs> mhm. Mm yeah, no, it's interesting that you say, like, you didn't want to go into that as much because you're still a human, and it's it's a very delicate balance, I find, trying to see, um, as a spiritually awakened being, how much you really want to delve into the spirituality and how much you still want to live in the 3D world, because I, I do believe we all came into the human physical for a reason, um, and to ignore that aspect of ourselves is to deny um, a big, obviously, aspect of our being. So, yeah, that, no, that's interesting um, to hear that you kind of backed out after you were uh, on that path. I had a, a teacher at the time. I, I asked her, I said, um, I said, how can I tell the difference between what I'm thinking and what I'm hearing? And she's like, there's not much difference. Um, and mm -hmm. I didn't really fully understand that. And then I realized I'm like, what, she, what she basically meant um, is that we create our realities. And so while I was in this negative path and I was working at this tarot card, um, the psychic shops basically, right? I wasn't the most positive person. And so I was creating and manifesting a lot of negative experiences. And I think that was one of the reasons why I decided to go off the path. Um, and as I um, now, years later, I'm following a much more positive path, I still struggle um, with staying positive and believing that everything's gonna work out okay. Um, you know, so I think that I'm still not yet ready. Uh, and I think that lots of people who want to go down that path, advice that I would give them would be like, take the highest road, believe in the best possible thing and keep manifesting all of your dreams. Don't, don't focus on the scary stuff, you know, mm -hmm. because you bring it into your reality. It's, that's just how we're, mm -hmm. that's how we create. That's what I believe anyway. So what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Law of attraction is basically the term that uh, a lot of the new agers put on that, but I completely agree with that. It's all about where we choose to have our focus. Exactly. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Uh, you know, if um, if there's something in life that 
brings joy and, and you know, that's where your heart is and and there's a gravitation to that. You know, that that's where the abundance in all different forms and aspects are gonna be. So um yeah, totally. That's 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 the way that's the way I've always looked at it and that's the way I've always felt. I've always looked at, you know, where does my light feel more abundant when I make my choices. And I just look at each one and wherever there's more energy, more life force, that's where I'm meant to be. And I go there and I have really good experiences. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, if I choose to go against that, um, you know, it can be it can be pain, painful. Um, so it, it, I, I'm realizing there's a lot of aspects to it too because sometimes we, it is necessary to go through some roads where where I'm a reflection for the other person I'm involved with, or I'm also a reflection for them with the things they are going through and need to see. And, um, and that's a whole different story as well, too. But uh, there's definitely a lot going on in this universe, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. That kind of transitions me into this last question here that I had, and I know we only have about four minutes left, but um, no, thank you for sharing that, Michael, because this world and universe is in a very transitional phase right now, especially here on earth um, where technology is advancing rapidly. And I mean, like we said, it does provide a lot of convenience with us, but it also does in a weird way disconnect us, even though um, with this whole social media thing, it seems like we are connecting more, but it's kind of less on a human level and more on a technological level. Um, But at the same time, people are awakening um and the world is also being more polluted but we're trying to save it and it's kind of like this um kind of internal battle within the planet on how environmentally friendly we want to be and also how um i guess much we want to focus on stimulating the economy and be short-sighted and just um get all the oil out of the earth and stuff like that so there's definitely lots of sides to this whole um save the world type thing right now and I'm just wondering, as a new parent, Twilight, does that make you nervous or make you excited as to what's possible in terms of uh, a global awakening? And, um, yeah, just wondering how you'll um, handle that as you raise Bodhi here. Well, I think I kind of touched on it a little bit when I was talking about being a tarot card reader, working at the psychic shop, is I realized that if I live in fear, and then I'm just going to keep <laughs> manifesting that, right? So, right. I mean, I've always wanted to be a parent. And um, I believe that, you know, if we create a world of awakened children, which, you know, I have a lot of friends who are wonderful people and they're raising beautiful, beautiful children. I want to be one of those parents who also has the opportunity to raise um, an enlightened being, if possible. You know, if that's his choice, if that's his path, that's what he wants to do, then I would love to be there to support him to do that. Um, I also believe that, you know, if there are enough of us that believe that the world can be a better place, we can actually do it. We can manifest things like mushrooms that eat plastic and, um, you know, machines that clean, you know, oil out of the oceans, you know, all kinds of stuff. I believe that it's all definitely possible. And if you pay attention right now, it's all these little star seed crystals. Indigo children, I'm not exactly sure which terms to use, uh, <laughs> that are actually mm-hmm. coming up with these amazing um, technological breakthroughs. So I have hope, and I, I, I don't want to be a pessimist. <laughs> so no, that's awesome. Part of the solution, you know? That sounds, sounds really good, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, like clearly um, we all know how energy works and it's all about where we focus our attention. And I'm really glad that you brought that up in your answer there because despite all this chaos that seems to be going on in the in the planet, if we just put the right energy out there and be optimistic and believe that our technology won't be uh, hindering us, but it will lead us to um, helping the planet and helping all these major issues that seem to be um, killing the planet, we can still save it and we can still all awaken and provide a good quality of life, not only technologically, but um, internally as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But I just want to thank you again, Twyla, for coming on today. We only have about 30 seconds left. Um, Michael, Mm -hmm. do you have any last words for Twyla here? 
No, I, I'm I'm grateful you came on the show, uh, Paula. Um, um, I really love your enthusiasm and and um, you know all the things you talked about um, the hacko yoga and 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 getting together with special groups for for you know women who are pregnant and and just just really in general love your your enthusiasm your energy and um, and I like the way you've manifested things and uh, I think a lot of people can learn from that so thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks again for coming on and sharing all your wisdom, Twyla, and I wish you and Kyle the best in raising Bodhi. Thanks, guys. Have a great one. We'll talk again soon. Yeah, you bet. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye.